How often do you talk about the price of gas? My guess is not much. It's just one of those necessities we deal with every week or two. If you're like me, maybe you compare the two stations across the street from each other and see who has a lower cash price versus credit, run some quick math and see if the 2% back on your credit card rewards program presents a better deal. Or if you live in New Jersey or Oregon, by the way, the two states that still use station attendance to help fill your tank, maybe you fill that awkward silence by saying, hey, the gas looks to be up a nickel this week, huh? That's typically where the conversation on the economics of energy begins and ends for the average citizen. But then there's times like today, when everyone keeps asking, why does the price of gas go up? Is going to require work and time and sweat and toil. If money wasn't an issue, what would I be doing? Don't worry about it. You'll figure it out. Change is the only constant. The Kaderna Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kaderna Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna. So today we're going to talk about a commodity that affects every person on the planet. I mean, literally everybody is impacted by this. And that would be gasoline. As we all know, gas prices move a lot. It's happening constantly and it never stops. It just seems we only seem to care when it starts to hurt our wallet. Now, gasoline is unique in that it's one of the most well-communicated markets in all of economics. So it provides a lot of data for us to study. Think about it. It's updated every single day and posted for all of the world to see. And this has been happening long before the advent of the internet or 24-hour news networks. And one of the most amazing things is the math is so precise that these market reports that you see in front of every gas station in the world go down to a fraction of a penny. All right, who even uses pennies nowadays? And let alone we have our a gallon of gas being quoted down to not just a penny, but a fraction of a penny. So therefore, as we're all talking about inflation right now here in 2022, certainly a hot button topic, it might come as a surprise that the price of gasoline only affects 3.7% of the consumer price index or CPI. Categories such as housing, uh, medical care, and education play much larger roles. However, because of the volatility that we all see around gasoline every day, it does have a strong impact on short-term inflation, uh, actually more so than any other item accounted for in the index. Because of these daily fluctuations, it is the top contributor to monthly CPI movements. So you might be saying, well, where do we actually agree on the overall price of gasoline when in California it could be sky high and then in Texas it's not nearly as much? You know, who's to say what the actual price is when we look at CPI and all these other metrics? So there's actually record keepers of this. Uh, it's tracked by the government through the Energy and Information Administration, or the EIA. And then there's also a number of private sources, such as the American Automobile Association, the Oil Price Information Service, uh, AAA, which we all know, and the Lundberg Survey. And it's actually the only non-food item that's tracked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, or BLS. So there is a lot of oversight on the price of gasoline, which is good because it allows us to really kind of study this and see the effect that it has on the economy. But before we start to look into what the causes of going up and down in the price of gasoline, I think it's really important that we understand the real cost of gas over time. 
All right. Again, when we're trying to think about inflation, we need to have some sort of frame of reference here before we kind of dive under the hood. So in 1980, the average price for a gallon of gas was $1.22. Okay. A decade later, in 1990, gasoline was actually cheaper at $1.21 per gallon. And then as we reached the millennium in 2000, the price of gasoline reached $1.56 per gallon. And then following the Great Recession, gas had gone up a good bit and in 2010 was $2.83 a gallon. And then in 2020, gasoline cost on average in America $2.24 a gallon. So what that tells us is that over time from 1980 to 2020, so over four decades, there obviously was up and down in the price of gasoline and it always just wasn't a linear straight up path uh, like a lot of people think about when they think about inflation. Okay, just to recap in 1980, it was $1.22 a gallon. And in 2020, it was $2.24 a gallon. So now for context, let's look at some other staples in the economy. All right, first we'll start with the stock market. The S&P 500, uh, which is maybe the most quoted barometer uh, of the overall stock market, we'll look at the same exact intervals. In 1980, the S&P 500 closed at 135 points. In 1990, it closed at 330. In 2000, at 1320. In 2010, at 1,257. And in 2020, the S&P 500 closed at 3,756 points. Okay, so that's where we can see decade by decade by decade, uh, there was more of an upward trend. And over the past 20 years or so, a, a much more dramatically upward uh, trend. And then if we look at the home prices in America, that's something I think most folks are familiar with, the American dream to someday own your own home. And a lot of people say, well, it's much harder to buy a house now today than it was maybe in our parents' or grandparents' generation. And there is some truth to that. So in 1980, the average home price in America was $66,400. In 1990, that climbed to $121,500. In 2000, it was $172,900. In 2010, that was $224,300. And then in 2020, the average home price in America was $358,700. So somewhat similar in comparison with the S&P 500 or the stock market, and that we see a consistent upward trend in the price of real estate in America. So now if we just look at some simple arithmetic and say, well, how quickly did these different benchmarks grow over the past 40 years? From 1980 to 2020, the stock market measured by the S&P 500 increased 27-fold, okay? So that's where if you just hung on tight in the S&P 500 over 40 years, you're pretty darn happy about it, as an investor at least. Now, home values over that same 40-year period, they increased by fivefold. And then we go back to the price of gasoline, which right now we're all you know, complaining about how expensive it is. But if we look at from 1980 to 2020, the price of gasoline actually went up less than double. Okay, So just as we take into account you know, the rate of inflation in these benchmarks and where gasoline fits into that, 
hopefully that can give us some good context. Now, the data that I just explained, I mean, it reemphasizes that there's a relatively minimal long-term impact that gasoline has on the cost of living. I mean, it only went, you know, 2x over a 40-year period. When we look at home values or some other metrics, it's easy to kind of uh, understand. However, because fuel is so incredibly far-reaching, whether it be in a city bus that transports a commuter to his job, or if it's a private jet carrying billionaires, you know, across the world, or moving food and supplies from ships and trucks, you know, all across the globe, we know that everyone needs gasoline. It's a part, it's a really a fabric of our world today. And 83% of Americans report that they drive a car several times a week. So we can see it going right back to the pump like we talked about at the beginning. And I think this last statistic is what makes it such a political issue as well, that any politician that's serving when there's low gas prices can use that as a bragging right, you know, to their voters. Whereas when there's a spike at the pump, it's ample opportunity to attack the opposing party that's in control and say they're at fault, you know, they're causing higher gas prices that impact everyone across the country. So there's always going to be that natural back and forth and that noise that also surrounds the price of gasoline. So like we talked about at the beginning, guys, the price of gas usually does go unnoticed. But then there's times like today in 2022, when the cost of a tank of gas gets more nightly airtime than Hollywood's biggest celebrities. Okay, it's, it's all over the news. We're inundated right now with uh, the price of gasoline and rightfully so. You know, as I'm doing this podcast, the average price of gasoline in the U.S. is $4.24 a gallon. Okay, so that's uh, almost double what I talked about when I quoted the 2020 figure. So that's where we can see that the volatility in gasoline can happen quickly as opposed to over very long stretches of time. So the current price of gas is actually the highest price of all time. And it's about, like I said, about double what it was at the beginning of 2021. When we look at the second highest price of gasoline, not counting for inflation, it was back in July of 2008. So right in the midst of the uh, Great Recession. But now why do prices of gasoline go up and down? Let's really get to the point of this. So it all comes back to classic supply and demand. And particularly the supply and demand of oil and then the refinery operations, and then gas line pipeline deliveries, okay? The cost of crude oil is by far the biggest determinant in what you're paying at the pump. It's then followed by what are called excise taxes, then the transportation and retail of gasoline, and then finally the refining costs of it. So what causes the actual change in pricing is there's traders all around the world that every day are buying and selling crude, uh, crude oil, just as they would any other asset that makes up the financial markets. So what is crude oil? Well, there's Brent crude, which is traded on the Intercontinental Exchange or ICE. And then there's West Texas Intermediate crude or WTI, which is traded on the New York Mercantile Exchange, or NYMEX. And so these traders, what they're doing is they're buying and selling using oil spot prices, uh, which means that they transact instantly. They're buying or selling, you know, barrels essentially of oil on the spot instantly, 
uh, trying to, to make a profit or hedge a loss uh, on what the cost of oil is. Or the other method that's often used in commodities and certainly with oil is trading what are called futures contracts. And what a futures contract is, is you're transacting at a set price at a set future date. So you're saying I'll buy at $90 a barrel of oil on June 20th, 2022, and I'm contracted to purchase that barrel at that price at that time. And conversely, I could be signing contracts to sell that barrel of oil at that set price at that set time. And so as you have all of these traders either trading on spot prices, which is right here and right now, or on futures contracts, which is what we're essentially guessing the right prices in the future, all of those transactions create a market for crude oil, which essentially just translates to the current price of oil. So it's an interpretation of the supply and demand of the commodity that's communicated through all the buying and selling, and that's what dictates the price. Okay, It's essentially the same math for any other commodity out there, um, but oil, of course, is one of the biggest that we all see and realize every single day. So it's these expectations of future price performance and the realities of the supply and demand that create the market in the pricing platform for oil, which then is the biggest determinant in the, cas the price of gasoline that'll go into your car. So let's take a step back and look at some of the history of this, and it'll help underscore you know, why the traders are buying and selling at the prices that they are. So from 1861 to 1972, the real price of oil fell on average about 1% a year. All right, and this could seem a little bit confusing because at the same time, the demand for oil exploded in the 20th century. So usually you think, okay, the demand's going way up, the price is going way up, but the opposite was actually occurring, all right? So what happened as we had the Ford Model T come on and then cars take off, uh, you saw a shift from coal-fired electricity plants to oil-fired and these other factors that created this enormous oil consumption in America. Uh, fortunately, at the same time, the supply of oil was more than ample which led to that, like I said, that 1% decrease in price each year. And also people were getting much better at drilling and getting that oil out of the ground and into your car. So in the 1970s, uh, that was when the first real price shock to oil occurred. And it was in 1973 when the U.S. supported Israel in what was called the Yom Kippur War. And members of the Organization of Arab Petroleum Exporting Countries which is commonly referred to as OPEC, uh, retaliated against the U.S. by announcing an oil embargo. Uh, and that created, like I said, a big shock to the price of oil. So the price of gasoline went up dramatically uh, during that time. But after a couple of years, prices did stabilize. And then unfortunately, history kind of repeated itself in 1979 with the Iranian Revolution. So during the 70s, uh, U.S. politicians, you know, saw that Americans were getting very angry at the price of filling up a tank of gas. And so they tried a number of supply and demand price controls, uh, including gas tariffs, uh, things like lowering the speed limit across the country to try and reduce fuel consumption. And then famously, there were the odd and even license plate rationing programs uh, where you could only go to the gas station depending on the day of the week and what your license plate number was. 
So there were a number of efforts that they tried to use to curb the price volatility. Uh, some worked, some did not. But the consensus out of the 70s was that a few small, very oil-rich countries could wield enormous and immediate impact on global energy prices. Uh, so essentially, geopolitics became just such a big factor by leveraging the price of crude oil uh, and then eventually the price of your gasoline going up and down. So it's it's logical to you know fast forward to here to 2022 and say, all right, well, the, the recent hike in gas prices is because of Russia invading Ukraine. OK, that's what we're seeing every single day on the news right now is war in Russia and Ukraine and the price of gasoline, you know, unfortunately rising at the beginning of 2022. However, we always got to take a step back, guys, and look at the whole situation. So between February 2020 and April 2020, which, as you may recall, that was the arrival of COVID-19 in the U.S., the price of gasoline fell 27%, and global gasoline consumption essentially remained low for all of 2020. Nobody was traveling, right? We couldn't go on planes uh, for the most part. We weren't really driving or commuting to work anymore or taking vacations. Everything came to a standstill in 2020. And so there was low demand for gas, causing that price decrease. But then as Americans and the rest of the world began to return to normal last year in 2021, the demand for oil came right back and its price jumped in tandem with that. All right. Also in 2021, we had cyber attacks on the Colonial Petroleum Pipeline. Uh, we had Hurricane Ida. Uh, had an impact on nine refineries here in the States and caused major disruptions for the flow of fuel uh, throughout America. So when we couple the dramatic increase in demand as we kind of return to normal with some of these other issues that cropped up, the average cost for a gallon of gas in America had already increased from $2.24 at the beginning of 2021 to $3.34 at the end of 2021. So the point being is that before Russia and Ukraine was even a thought, the price of gas had already went up significantly just because of that return to normal and then some other extracurricular factors uh, like the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline. Now, geography, which I alluded to a little bit earlier, plays a really big role in what people pay at the pump. California has consistently had the most expensive gasoline in the country primarily due to a gas tax that it implements and very strict environmental regulations it has in the state. And because of that, there's no interstate pipeline that carries gasoline into California. Okay, so naturally that kind of puts a stranglehold on the supply that California can have to gasoline. The majority of California's oil comes from Alaska and then also other countries. Uh, most of the overall oil in California actually comes from Ecuador, Saudi Arabia, and Iraq. Okay, so while they don't have their own pipeline coming from, you know, the eastern side of America or from Texas, let's say, or middle America, uh, they then import it from these various countries or take it down from Alaska, which comes obviously at a significant cost. So you're starting to see there's a lot of different factors in this conversation. So in closing, one of the things I'd like to point out that uh, a lot of people are surprised by is the U.S. is actually the largest oil producer in the world. Believe it or not, we produce more oil than both Saudi Arabia and Russia. 
Uh, but America is also the biggest consumer of oil in the world. So when you look at the price of gasoline, and we're talking about here in the States and the recent hike, America only gets about 8% of its oil from Russia. Okay, that's less than it gets from Canada or from Mexico. So some people might say, well, what is that problem going on over in the Ukraine having to do with American gasoline? Well, that's a good question. Uh, and there's a few factors here. Number one, we have to remember crude oil is a global market. It's not just Americans trading it amongst Americans. Now, much of Europe is dependent on Russian oil. So the price of crude oil is very sensitive in replacing any missed imports, whether it be our 8% or what Europe is missing out on. It's a lengthy process. It's something that just can't be corrected overnight. So countries can pursue other sources of oil, like America might be doing with Venezuela, Saudi Arabia, or Iraq. Uh, but then you introduce different geopolitical concerns and things to be concerned about. And then politicians can try and enact temporary changes like gas tax holidays. That's a big talking point right now you're going to hear more about. And what that would do is essentially halt any of the taxes uh, associated with gas to create an immediate offset to consumers at the pump. But the thing is, the true cost of filling the tank of gas is what it is, and it's still going up, it, even if we do remove that gas to try and alleviate some of the pain. So there is no doubt in closing that the sanctions America has placed on Russia have had a direct impact on global oil prices, and then consequently in America, uh, consequently an impact here in America. But the trend towards more expensive gas was well in motion before uh, Putin decided to just go off the rail in Ukraine. So the glimmer of hope in all this is that history shows us oil can have a fast and sometimes severe impact on the cost of living and on near-term inflation. But it is over time well-controlled and like we said at the beginning, has a relatively low level of importance on long-term CPI. So I hope you found this helpful on why the costs and the price of gasoline does go up and down and took away some interesting trivia at the same time. And we'll see how the rest of this year plays out as we get to live through a real case study on the price of gasoline. I'm your host, Brian Kaderna, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Kaderna Podcast. We'll see you next time. This podcast is intended for the general public and for informational purposes only. The show does not provide any recommendations or investment advice regarding any specific account type, service, strategy, or product, or to otherwise act in any fiduciary or other capacity. Please contact a financial professional for guidance and information that is specific to your situation. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Please contact your accountant or legal advisor to discuss your situation. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Kaderna Financial Team, and opinions stated are their own. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not guarantee of future results. References to specific securities, asset classes, and financial markets are for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a solicitation, offer, or recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003, phone number 973-244-4420.
Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Hederna Financial Team is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0K04194.